Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Every year, my dad brines the turkey like the day before, you know, to before he cooks it. Mm-hmm. And every year, he tells me that he's brined the turkey with like, assuming that I don't already know that he has brined the turkey. <laughs> like, uh, he's like turkeys. Like, I, I went over there in the like early morning or like yeah. uh, midday, and the turkey was was done. It was just waiting, yeah. and he was like, "Not worried about it drying out. I brined it." I was like, I, I, "Dad, I know. You tell me you this know. every year." Yeah, hey, Brian, I brined it. Yeah. Hey, I brined it. I'm the <laughs> rational consumer, as it were. <laughs> out of paper, out of stock. There's friendly faces around the block. Break loose from the chains that are causing you pain. Call Michael and Stanley, Jim Dwight Creed, call Andy and Kelly. If your business paper needs or Dundamip, then the people versus paper people Dundamip, then the people versus paper people Dundamip, then the people versus paper people. Hello and welcome to the Michael Scott Podcast Company, a show for fans of The Office by fans of The Office. I'm your host and box office manager at the Loose Screw Playhouse, Sean Roney. And I'm Edwin James, your productivities are. And with us, as always, our producer in the warehouse, Mr. Alex Ward. I can't even go near a cigarette now without thinking of a penis, <laughs> and vice versa. <laughs> Every week we get together and talk about our favorite show, NBC's The Office. Uh, this week, does watching The Office make you a better person, or can it? make you a better person mm. can uh, it versus does it yeah. yes uh it, w- this is a, a listener question that we're going to spend some time on after that we're going to do a little mailbag and a little trivia we're gonna have a lot of fun it's good to be back it's good mm-hmm. to be back we we're, took a week yeah, off for thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. yeah a little break we're all several pounds yes. heavier mm-hmm. we're just feeling good about thanksgiving mm. but uh and i did get very cozy and oh. watched a lot of office Oh, yeah. As weekend. you do. I yes. know. No Thanksgiving episodes. No Thanksgiving no, yeah. episodes, but it is time now that we can start watching the Christmas episodes. Right. I do. But why, why, I are you, why do you think shows do that? They generally do Halloween and Christmas. Well, The Office aired on Thursday nights, and Thanksgiving is a Thursday night. That's true. So, I don't know. It didn't, wouldn't really have made sense to do it the week before. Night Night of? <laughs> night of, I don't think <laughs> after the, are, foot, after the football, asleep. stay it was on tuned. At like nine p.m. Yeah, or something I like guess that. So. Not many people would have turned in for that. I think, tuned in, for and that. you don't do Thanksgiving in the office. That's yeah, what I was yeah. gonna say. In the context of our own offices, I, you don't usually have a Thanksgiving party. You're, you don't D- put up Thanksgiving decorations. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you do like a Friendsgiving or a potluck or something. But yeah. as opposed to Halloween, which is costumes, right. and Christmas, which has so much decoration. So, yeah, and, yeah, sure. You know, Maybe we maybe you watch dinner party on Thanksgiving. There maybe that's the that's that what be you the get. sanctioned uh, Thanksgiving episode. For yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Nothing more than I love on Thanksgiving, like a nice asabuco. Mm. <laughs> it's the braise for several hours. Uh huh. And a little bit of a uh, little bit of red wine mm-hmm. dipped steak. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? Dwight has a turkey leg. That's right. <laughs> that's, there you go. That's true. Mm, that's good true. turkey leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> throw on a little, throw on a little hunter and. Mm-hmm. 
go dancing. All right. Well, we'll dive right in here. This is a question that uh, we've been sitting on for a while. We got from Pat back in September. And honestly, ever since we got the question, we've been talking about it and talking about doing uh, maybe a whole episode about it. So we'll see how, how far we can go. Here's the question. Earlier this month, Mike Schuer, of course, you know, producer, writer, extraordinaire, Moe's, uh, participated <laughs> in a panel, <laughs> participated in a panel discussion at Notre Dame that discussed the question, can TV make us better people? Schuer said yes, and that he always tries to make shows that impact the viewers in a positive way, and that the explicit purpose of The Good Place, which is his other show with Ted Danson and uh, Kristen Bell, is to have the viewers consider moral questions and become more ethically minded. Since he was a writer and producer on our favorite show, it got me wondering about morality in the office. So he's got three questions, and we'll start with the first. Who is the most morally upright character on the office? Second question is, what life lessons have you taken away from the office? And the third is, do you think watching the office has made you a better person? Uh, so we'll start with the first. Who is the most morally upright character on The Office? Nate. <laughs> <laughs> did you uh, Did you guys have no, anything to add to you, that? You, you, you nailed it. You nailed it. Yeah. You know, it's the simplicity is is key. <laughs> I mean, he's just he's a good. It's morally simple. Maybe. <laughs> yes. Before we dive into this, I do. Yeah. I would recommend to our listeners that you do watch this talk um, that he gave at Notre Dame. It's really interesting. Mm -hmm. um, it is very heavily. Uh, geared towards the good place put on by Notre Dame's college. Um, they have a professor of philosophy and a professor of, I think it's TV yeah. studies or cinema studies yeah. uh, on the uh, stage with him. And they do talk about that stuff, but they just box. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but Mike sure gives a ton of insight into not just the good place, but especially in the Q and a sections, different shows, parks and recreation, as well as the office. There's a ton of really great info there about like the, uh, it's funny. You said Moe's at the end. Yeah. You know, he said <laughs> I could cure cancer tomorrow and, uh, they, uh, in my obituary, the first line would still be famous for playing Cousin Moe's on The Office. No one's heard his role as right? Moe's. Yeah, yeah. And he gave uh, insight into the origins of Cousin Moe's and like how that character came about. Um, but everyone should should check that out. Okay. Yeah, yes. great, great video. And if you haven't watched The Good Place, great show. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because like, The Good Place is so much more directly. Like There's literally scenes where Chidi's with a whiteboard like, Right and wrong, and they're yeah. teaching about ethics. Yeah. So the show Ethical wrestles with this very directly. Yeah, it, but the office is a little more nuanced in how we. But are looking it, at but this. and you know Mike Shore was you know basically the showrunner for for a, a long time on the office. So he, if that's important to him, you know it was working its way uh, into the fabric of the office for sure. Um, but but back to the first question: Who is the most morally upright character on the office? What did you? think edwin um i tried to go a little deeper into this one and the one character who stood out to me the most was pam i don't know okay. what you guys thought but yeah basically um i don't think any character on the office is built to be a 100 percent morally upright or, or something like that and i think it's important we t when we talk about morality like you know what is the definition of morality and that's mm. that's difficult for us to go into too much without going yeah. into if you're listening to of, this yeah for an answer to that then then sorry yeah <laughs> deep philosophical questions yeah. or yeah um but basically, I saw, you know, as, as it comes to being a good person or trying to act morally, mm -hmm. what I saw the most was Pam and her kind of emotional intelligence throughout the show. The, oh, yeah. the extent to which she goes um, out of her way or sees characters in sort of low emotional places and tries to pick them up. Yeah. Um, it yep. happens a lot with Michael, of course. They have a really unique relationship. Um, it happens with Dwight as well, and it happens with Karen and other times. I can go through a few different examples that I have. The first one that I thought of, I'll just go in the, um, the order that I kind of came up with them. Yeah. Uh, the first one is in grief counseling, where Michael is clearly struck by his own mortality um, and is in a place where he is desperately searching for affection and attention, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, near the end, it, it starts as Michael seemingly wanting attention, you know, to make it look like he's going through a hard time because Kelly gives him that hug, right? right? <laughs> and then by the end, you do see him kind of in a place where he's worried about the guy who had my job is now dead, right? He says, yeah. so, he says something sure. like that. Yeah. Um, and when they're giving the bird funeral, um, yeah. and Pam says to, you know, she said, I didn't think I'd be giving a bird funeral today. Um, but I wrote down the quote. This is the eulogy that she gives for the bird. She says, what do we know about this bird? We might, you might think not much. It's just a bird. 
But we do know some things. We know it was a local bird. Maybe it's that same bird that surprised Oscar that one morning with a special present from above. Then Kevin <laughs> says, I remember that. That was so funny. <laughs> Pam says, and we know how he died, flying into, flying into the glass doors. But you know what? I don't think he was being stupid. I think he just really, really wanted to come inside our building to spread his cheer and lift our spirits with a song. Dwight, it's not a songbird. An impression, then. Uh, la- lastly, An impression. lastly, we can't help but notice that he was by himself when he died. But of course, we all know that doesn't mean he was alone. Because I'm very, because I'm sure there were lots of other birds who out there who cared for him very much. Mm-hmm. He will not be forgotten, right? Mm-hmm. So this is very mm-hmm. specifically about Michael, especially oh, yeah. it's when like she zooming says, in on Michael. Yes, <laughs> especially when she says an impression. Then you know, an someone who comes yeah. in to try to like lift spirits. Maybe a Chris Rock routine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Different characters, a sumo suit, yeah. right? Uh, but yeah, that was a moment where Pam kind of goes out of her way to kind of pick up Michael. That's Big one. Time. That's mm-hmm. one that I really that is, found. That's a great, yeah. Um, and then moving, just moving on to the Doomsday episode in season eight, where Dwight is in this really low place because he didn't get the manager job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, he's kicked out of this meeting with Robert and Andy. Mm-hmm. And he says, mm-hmm. last night I dreamed that the number two was the most valued number in the world. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Vice president, all the power, right. athletes fought for silver medals. <laughs> Women were considered the best gender. Stadiums of fans shouted, we're number two. As with all my dreams, I'm guessing it was uh, about my fear of immigrants. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, he, he creates the doomsday device, and they, they all complain. They all get upset at him. And even Oscar says, Dwight, be human for once. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the episode, what we see is the, the small task force, the like last-ditch Hail Mary effort mm-hmm. of um, Andy, Pam, Aaron, and Kevin go to mm-hmm. Dwight's house to try to pick him up. And, and Pam succeeds only by appealing to Dwight's human side. She says, uh, you know, what are you doing when he's, j- when he's digging the horse grave? Yeah. And she says, I-, I forgot how beautiful your house is or how pretty your house is yeah. when they walk inside. And in the end, he does cancel the doomsday device because yes. she treats him as a human. Right, right. right. Um, there are a number of moments like that. I mean, should I keep going? Yeah. <laughs> um, at the last day in Florida, where Dwight is really arrogant and excited about this new role, he, uh, Jim gives him a present, hits it with the golf club. Um, and Jim is on the. F- Jim tries to tell him that he's going. That Dwight is going to get fired by Robert. Robert's going to tank the store. Right. Um, yeah, yeah, and Pam is. says on the phone to Jim, "If Dwight's about to get fired, you have to tell him. Just get the words out. That's all you can do." Yeah. So she kind of gets Jim to make one last ditch effort for Dwight to save Dwight. Yeah. Just because. Um, when Jim has said, "You saw that. I tried." Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and then it leads to the Jim Dwight fight sequence, which is so funny. Like watching that again. Yeah, uh, the, the different moves that Dwight tries, uh, Dwight licking Jim's hand, you know, yeah, pretending that he's still hurt. Mm-hmm. And, and then, then at the end, you know, so that's a moment where Pam gets Jim to kind of save Dwight. But then even at the end of that, um, Jim saves Dwight from having to explain himself mm-hmm. from, you know, they have, they've all everyone back at Scranton has been told that Dwight is moving on. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's just another example um, in the lecture circuit. Pam reads yeah. Pam reads the letter from Holly. Um, granted, this is a mixed bag moment from Pam in terms of morality. <laughs> where, I know. That's, let's acknowledge. This is a whole different yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Where totally. she says, uh, and she turns to the camera and goes, what? I'm not in love with her. <laughs> yeah. right. So you, you can't say that Pam is 100% morally upright. Sure. But in these moments uh, where she makes these sort of emotional appeals to people and shows emotional intelligence, that's where I found the most morality. The last one, I guess, that I'll mention um, just really quickly, body language when Michael is getting signals from Donna. Pam seems to kind of see that there might still be a chance for them. Um, in the Michael Scott Paper Company arc, when Pam kind of picks up Michael when they're at the condo and Michael is really down on himself, yeah. he gets egg in his crock. Which right? wouldn't even be happening, <laughs> which which probably wouldn't even have yeah. been happening if she hadn't joined him in the first place. Yeah. Right, yeah, that's you true. Know I mean? That move is like, that's one of the most pick your friends up moves she does. Mm-hmm. And the two of them go back and forth during that arc where sure. you know Pam is upset about, you know, um, she she says that she's applied for jobs at other places and um, you mm-hmm. know she didn't even get an interview right mm-hmm. she applies at like Best Buy at Old Navy places mm-hmm. like right. that right. Um, but they pick each other up over the course of that and the last yeah. one that I Michael thought Michael makes of, her coffee oh, in the morning yes, <laughs> yes that's true <laughs> oh milk and sugar to be fair yeah. <laughs> uh, the last one that I saw is Benny Hanna Christmas yeah when uh, Angela kind of pushes Karen all of her ideas down she's you tried this you know it, it, clearly this is not a fit <laughs> um, and Pam goes to Karen even when she's dating Jim uh-huh. at the time uh, and says you know that was pretty crazy with Angela. Um, and they, you know, form the committee to plant parties, and right. that all plays out. But right. that's what I saw the most in terms of a single character was Pam and her relationships with the other characters. I, I think that's that's great. I mean, I had found this um, uh, moral alignment uh, that somebody did, where you know, where you got uh, like X axis, Y axis, good and evil, lawful mm-hmm. or chaotic, and they put Pam as the lawful good character. 
they put Kevin and Daryl as neutral good and uh, Michael and Aaron as chaotic good. But, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think you're absolutely right. I think that w- one thing that I was looking for in trying to break down this question, I I started to I, I kept coming back to empathy and yeah. compassion and putting yourself in other people's shoes. And Pam is definitely the person who does that the most um, on the show. And we watch Michael learn empathy over and over and over again. Yeah. Nearly every episode. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. He has to be taught right from wrong. But uh, but yeah, I, I think you're right. I mean, Daryl, too, I just yeah, doesn't Darryl, really... You, yeah. It's pretty solid. Besides calling... Um, um, the girl he hooked up with once long ago, a dog. <laughs> Daryl also <laughs> steps up to talk Michael down from the legend safety training. Yeah, that's right. That was a moment where Jim, Pam, and Daryl kind of team up in some, some yeah. extent to kind of pull Michael back, kind of back from the well. ledge. He's like, oh, I have to do this. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> yeah. here. You know, it's like, that's a look on his face. Yeah, it's a different kind of morality. He's a bit more stoic. He's not going out of his way to, mm-hmm. like, help people or things like that. He's kind of more, if you uh, take that... Uh, What's the uh, the trolley um, trolley problem? Yeah. So speaking the, of the good place, right? Speaking of the good place, so you you've got uh, a train uh, on its way to hit five workers who are working on the train tracks. Well, it's probably going somewhere else, but sure, sure. Well, yes, but along the way, it's going to hit five people and kill them. You are standing next to a lever that you can hit the switch and the train goes, but it's going to kill one person then. So it's like, do you jump in to save people and change their fate? and kill somebody or do you just step back so pam might be more of a pull the lever type and daryl more of a just you know shouldn't get involved type mike sure went out of his way to call out how funny the trolley problem is he says he was in a college class on philosophy (laughs) and they gave that scenario and he laughed out loud like in class (laughs) and that the other one that they brought up was uh there's a janitor at a hospital and there are five patients who all need an organ is it like is it morally correct to kill the janitor to donate the organs to all these people and he says why does he need to be a janitor well i don't know but mike sure says how how hilarious is that what is this world that they live in that five people yeah. go to a hospital you're a doctor and they all need different organs like it's like you know what's happening in that all town? yeah exactly what, what, yeah what is happening is in the town right? yeah <laughs> really healthy exactly. janitor yeah over there yeah, he's just how whistling and mopping <laughs> yeah. hey doc if only in the office, it would be Nate, though, wouldn't it? Yes. It would. They look around and they find Nate. It'd be Nate. Would, be would you kill Nate to save five <laughs> five people? Absolutely. Absolutely not. I, yeah, just the inherent silliness of that question. Yeah. Yeah. One last thing for, for Daryl's case, sure. I think. Well, one of my favorite Daryl moments is the uh, when when Andy, he's trying to give Andy some guidance on mm-hmm. him trying to get those Having that little sales. Oh, the seminar. The Season seminar. Seven. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, they are jackals. And he helps. <laughs> he lowers the newspaper. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Like, he's there to he's there to be a word of yeah. wisdom to Andy, you know. And he he does that more than any other character is sort of people will people will go to him for the for the good advice. Like, Michael yeah. can always count on him for advice, even when Daryl messes with him. <laughs> like, Daryl's usually good for a clear-headed decision. Yes. You know, Daryl, when you part. first held your baby, did you feel a connection <laughs> with your baby? Hell yeah, Mike. You know why? Because <laughs> it was my baby, right? Is it, do you feel connected to him? Yeah. Like, what about me? You want to hold me? Mm-hmm. Am I Could I? Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, A couple uh, other characters no. that I found. Oh. oh, sorry. Oh, I was uh, just one, one more thing to wrap up, Daryl, because yes, Daryl was on my list for sure. Not my one, number one choice, but up there because he is one of the more honest characters. Like he yeah. rarely lies. Right. Out of everyone in the show, you get a lot of people doing a lot well, of white lies. Do, and he's pretty much looks you in the face and tells you what he thinks. He's the most complicated man yeah. Kelly's ever met. And, <laughs> <laughs> and, he, and I mean, he just he just kind of cares about doing his job well, not getting in other people's rice bowls, just kind of sticking to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, minding his own business, he, he, which is moral mm-hmm. in itself. Let's people. He, he uses his truck. He gives people rides. He helps That's people move. True. Mm-hmm. He's a good guy. You know? I've got a hookup who has a pickup. Mm-hmm. He, yeah. He oh, just you, plays you know, music d- with Andy for free. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, oh, you know Daryl? Yeah, <laughs> he works here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really quick, uh, uh, just for my answer on this yes, one. Yes, go ahead. I, yeah. Sorry, yes. Well, no, I took... This is, like you said, very hard because morality is this just right and wrong, good and evil. I mean, you can go back to sort of these biblical questions and look mm-hmm. the office that way. Because it's like, yes, Pam is very compassionate, empathetic, but that doesn't necessarily equate to morality. And without going too deep, right? 
you know, the right for me, if it's like someone who's the most upstanding in terms of what is right and wrong for me is Dwight. <laughs> Dwight, okay, I listen to Dwight as well because, like, say what you want, and the, I mean, the big knock against Dwight is all the stuff with Angela, as far as like cheating with Angela, knowingly cheating, on, yeah, with Angela on Andy. That is the number one evidence that would probably sink this in a court of law. This argument that yeah. Dwight, but it's what happens in the business ethics episode, <laughs> exactly. right? <laughs> Uh, that aside, I don't think any other character lives I, by a moral code as I, much as Dwight. I, I mean, gotta he, say, uh, well, okay, okay. Sorry, go ahead. I, again, this is just talking morality. Yeah, when, yeah. Dwight's one of the only characters we really see, like, we, we see characters struggling with how to handle a situation or how to treat somebody. Uh-huh. Um, but in terms of just, like, people really struggling with the idea of, is this right or is this wrong, like, in the coup. He knows, and, yeah. Yeah, like, I'm He's thinking of the coup. Certain. That's a whole episode about, and you literally see Dwight in the parking lot, uh, walking back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> he just takes off the in a full sprint, <laughs> and then he comes back, and then he's, you know, he crouched by the bushes. Michael. Yeah. He does, because he thinks it's the right thing. He thinks he's doing the right thing. He thinks he could run the branch better. He mm. thinks, overall, it would help the company. If he was in charge, I'm not saying it's the morally right thing necessarily, yeah. but I mean, this is the problem with the morality is people have different standards for morals. Well, but I, if you go by that, I think Dwight's the most moral so because he has his standards. That That is the, the where it gets sort of messy is is for the context of our discussion, <laughs> yeah. not within the context of philosophy, <laughs> yeah. is morality in objective sense of good and right, 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 right. And wrong, good and evil, virtue ethics. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, or is it a person who lives the most closely to their own personally defined set of morals right mm. of course Dwight Consistent. is the one who sticks to his guns the most yeah, yeah. Uh, as you said you know he is clearly the one who's most internally guided and he is the only one with the confidence and to kind of act out all of that right mm-hmm. whereas someone like Angela who would consider herself moral pulls back and kind of judges silently the most religious person I would say the least moral right yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah. yes well on like, this I, last thing think about that, yeah. that trailer problem I just yeah. think out of everyone he would if that happened lever. Dwight would immediately step up and just yank on the lever and be like one yeah and he wouldn't yeah. even think about it right he's like this he's is ra- this is the right thing it's just yeah. a numbers game it's well, a numbers game on this same moral alignment chart um, the lawful evil characters are Angela and Dwight yeah mm-hmm. so, disagree so lawful Lawful, you know that he has his own. He has his personal laws. He obviously cares about the law. Um, mm-hmm. He loves uh, uh, bragging about being a volunteer sheriff and whatnot. But um, lawful evil kind of right, lines up though with what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, I, I think, think so too. I mean, what you say that he will, per, you know, pursue what he believes is the right or correct thing, even if it leads to consequences that mm-hmm. you know maybe I don't know hurt people in the. In the right. yeah, in their effects, I guess. Sure. I mean, I the way world that, of an office. Yes, the right. way that I just for simplicity's sake, the way that I was kind of measuring right and wrong, uh, what in in approaching this question was was level of empathy, mm-hmm. level of caring about other people. Dwight is always trying to get everyone in the office fired, and I know. <laughs> he, I, I don't think that the empathy necessarily has to do with. Morality. I think in the context of Pam, empathy leads her to do things that are yes. good or virtuous, yeah. yes. right? I think in the case of Dwight, his own moral code and his love for the branch and the company lead him to do things that maybe yes. have good consequences for the company, for yeah. the business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that, that's where they difference, right? Empathy isn't virtuous, but it leads to virtuous actions, yeah. right? Same with Dwight's morality, maybe isn't virtuous in itself, but it leads him to do virtuous things, yeah. Pot- potentially at least. To be clear, I do. my number one choice would be Pam. I just wanted yeah. to give sort no, of, the other side of the coin yeah. would be I have Dwight, Dwight. listed as yeah. my number two it's as good. well. Yeah. yeah, for similar reasons that you mentioned. I yep. think uh, he always, and when you think about how much he loves the branch and how much he loves Michael, I went back <laughs> to watch the injury um, when uh, to, as a, to see who steps up in that moment, right? Right. Um, oh, he's yeah, and the way that he you know kind of cares for Michael, like without blinking, you know, yeah, he's he's standing there and he's got the little electric fan on Michael's foot, like he is he does not hesitate at whatsoever um, to take care of the boss and to you know take care of by extension the company. Sure, yeah. but it's for him it's a duty. He's a subordinate. Correct. This is yes. what everyone he's like everyone should be doing this. Michael says we should do this. We should all do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's. There's there's a lot of flavors of morality, but I think yeah. There is another line in the Doomsday episode where they all confront Dwight and they say, "All right, Dwight, enter your password." And he says, "No, I'm not going to do that." He says, "Uh, you made five mistakes in less than a day. You don't deserve this branch. You can't change the rules just because you don't like the outcome." Yeah, which I thought was super interesting, given that uh, that kind of refers to him going for the manager job. 
right? Mm-hmm. He didn't like the outcome, but he can't change the rules. He can't affect the company yeah. mm-hmm. outside of kind of blowing the whole thing up, right? Right. Recommending that the branch right. be closed, right? The only way that if he can't have the branch, no one can have the branch. It's, <laughs> it's an extension yeah. of that, right? There's, yeah. I think it's funny, too, that Pam and Dwight, the two characters we've are kind of on either side of the spectrum mm-hmm. in terms of just their affect with people. Yeah. But they have so many, they have the most scenes together that are the most touching, I think. They bond and a lot. Where, oh, yeah. I mean, where they, those two end up helping each other out so much. Like, and it goes both ways. Like, Dwight's there for her, she's there for Dwight. And it's just, it's kind of a nice, it's sort of the entire spectrum of morality and like goodness. It's kind of, those two kind of basically covered all. There is that moment when when Pam is crying and Dwight consoles her, and even though he's completely <laughs> clueless um, to what's going on, he seems to be doing it just because he thinks it's the right thing to do to yeah. to just you know console somebody. Same with the building issues when he sort of engineers yeah. this way for Pam to like so, figure out that he's in the wrong. Right, right. So yeah. he, he's certainly capable of empathy. Yeah. In the finale, he calls Pam his best friend. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? Uh, and, uh, yeah, he comes in He comes in hot thinking that Pam has been attacked. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right. And then PMSing pretty bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's, a, there's a line in the Viewing Party episode in season seven where Pam says, Dwight, you, where Pam is trying to get Dwight to continue to take care of Cece. Yeah, right, right. right. And she says, you and I have always had a great, a great relationship. Remember your concussion? <laughs> and she says, yes, but, uh, but you married my greatest enemy. <laughs> and Jim says, I don't know. I think we have a charming back and forth. <laughs> That's such a nice moment. Yeah. Um, anything else? Uh, uh, else to say about the most morally upright character on my the office? third place and okay. this, is, names. Yeah. this is the third but it was it was jim i think jim okay. is the one who will when circumstances arise he is the one who steps up the most in the injury he is the one who says we need to take dwight to the hospital right yeah in the fire in stress relief jim is the one who says i'm not dying here and he's going to try to break down the door with the copy yeah. machine right <laughs> um when dwight is uh is is uh kind of crushed by his breakup with angela in the money episode jim is the Definitely. one who makes that appeal to dwight uh and the stairwell and, scene the stairwell scene which covered a few times on this show because yeah. it is so is so impactful right it is in the context of their dynamic i think getting the money the Michael Scott paper company arc at the end yes, when he's helping true. them out. Mm-hmm. You know, he doesn't want to see like he doesn't want to see his even Ryan, who he hates, yeah. doesn't yeah. want to see him like lose all this money and have nothing. Right. When right. the time when when the situation dictates it, Jim will step up and do sort of things that I guess we would call morally right or maybe when morally he's in the mood. Yeah. Just <laughs> <laughs> that's that's for Ryan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Leave um, me when I'm in the mood to, to be, be led. led. Obviously, Jim is kind of. You know, it's hard to say that Jim is very moral because of all the pranks on Dwight, mm-hmm. all of the sort of disregard and boredom he kind of has with his own job. Um, but later in the show, he does care about the branch, right? Yeah. When he tries to become a manager, when he tries to kind of corral Michael a little bit, um, when he's the co-manager. Um, but it's obviously pulled back in the other direction a little bit based on his treatment of Dwight. Um, but he was the other character that I thought of who maybe could yeah. do th- his actions could fall into the category of uh, moral or virtuous or good. Yeah. yeah. By the way, great. Office trivia team name. In the mood to be led. (laughs) (laughs) That is a good one. I like that. Uh, Next question was, what life lessons have you taken away from the office? Really quick. Angela and Ryan, least moral? Uh, Can we move on? Yeah, do we have any other characters that we want to talk about? California is very... uh, (laughs) Meredith... <laughs> Mer- uh, Meredith just is fun. Creed, <laughs> Creed certainly. <laughs> I think Creed, Ryan, and Angela. It's a it's a race between the first three. episode that I went to when trying to dis- like look into this topic was business ethics, and the takeaway was that none of them did anything <laughs> to convince me that they. I know. Yeah. yeah, it's Mer. It's Meredith uh, sleeping with suppliers. The yeah. marinator sleeping with yeah. suppliers. Yeah. Yeah. You guys know Bruce Myers. Bruce. Bruce. <laughs> uh, Everyone's pretty apathetic, really, in the office. Oh, yes. Like the whole cast is pretty apathetic. Until the end, when they're pro, right? I don't care. Just keep the ribs coming, you know. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> but yeah, they they all had they all confessed to little uh, morality yeah. issues or uh, yeah. unethical issues. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oscar yeah. taking a long lunch or whatever. It right. Was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I didn't really think of any other characters. But yeah, Robert California strikes me as immoral. Right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Andy mm-hmm. co- coming out with the uh, would you steal a loaf of bread to feed your family? Right. Yeah. Boom. Mm-hmm. Ethics bomb. I think it's Ange- <laughs> Angela. Angela has none of the empathy and compassion Pam does and all the conniving and backstabbing. She's just, she's awful. She's definitely evil. And Ryan, it's a, and for me, yeah, race with Ryan to the bottom, I think, yeah. for me, because Ryan just sucks. Yeah. Just sucks. What's that, what's Dwight Jr.? Ryan doesn't help, Ryan doesn't <laughs> like help Clark. <laughs> Ryan doesn't help out anybody, like the entire show. Yeah, Like no. he just never <laughs> no. helps anyone. 
He does. I, he does tell uh, Kelly not to sh- uh, Pam and Jim not to shake the baby. <laughs> that is true. No, you, a lot of people get frustrated and they want to shake the baby. As you baby. as you mentioned those two characters, Ryan and Angela, and talk about how Angela maybe does so many you know immoral things or does not show herself to be a virtuous person based on her actions. Or uh, I was thinking about how that that makes her sort of character arc resolution that much more impactful. Mm. Is that she mm. she has to swallow her pride to yeah. tell Dwight that that yes. uh, she loves him. Yeah. Um. And on the and I'm laughing because on the flip side there's Ryan, who has none of that growth. Abandons a baby <laughs> yeah. and rides away. He and just he end. runs away. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Literally runs away from all yeah. his responsibility with Kelly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's the worst. I think and also I mean you know we haven't mentioned Michael Scott. Uh. I think that. Yeah. I wouldn't <laughs> say that he's the most morally upright character to begin with, but I think that his growth. Uh, his like you know yeah learning what right from wrong uh, is uh he's the most most improved let, let's say by the end of it <laughs> in kind of a hilarious way michael also does what he thinks is right to some extent oh big time which I is think chaotic say- good really <laughs> wrapped it up like that's perfect <laughs> he's trying to he thinks the office should be a fun place it's a family right so he's yeah. trying to uh create fun environments and entertaining yeah. meetings and make people laugh right he's trying to lighten the mood yeah that's what he says to jim in the survivor man episode when they're sitting on the couch he says sometimes i make jokes like that yeah just to kind of lighten the mood things like that mm-hmm. so, right right yeah mm-hmm. uh that's it's funny that michael it took so long for michael to come up because he is such an example of one not to do in so many situations oh yeah and i mean uh, i mean maybe i'm kind of jumping in here but like uh, you know we just watch michael think through so many moral quandaries casual friday um after the michael scott oh pot, yes uh, yeah. paper company is defunct good catch um <laughs> thank you <laughs> it is hard <laughs> we're still uh, thriving yeah um you know he his whole thing is about loyalty to his workers right no matter what so when he then goes off and does the Michael Scott paper company and he's loyal to his workers and then they go back to Dunder Mifflin, he is being more loyal to those people who were with like who were with him all along. But now, you know, now it's this weird situation where he's but he's back managing, you know, and yeah. so I, he literally has the quote this like. No matter how I look at this, I am in the wrong. And I have looked at it at this thing like a hundred different ways from my point of view, from their point of view. 98 others <laughs> and the bottom line i am wrong i'm the bad guy so i mean i love that quote it's so mm-hmm. great because it's like it is like he does have a a rule that he's following and that makes sense mm-hmm. your workers are your family you you stick by them mm-hmm. but of course this is a weird situation where he's uh now you know, managing um, two different groups almost. I was just learning to love. There's a line from Phyllis where she says, Michael, you thought you were going after corporate, but we're the ones who got hurt. Boom. You that, said we were a family, you, and then you went after You us. see it on his face. Yeah. It's just like it blows him away. Or like, I mean, I don't know if he really learned his lesson this time, but when Kelly slaps him in the face. <laughs> in diversity at, day? At, in diversity day. You can. Yeah. It, he does have this moment where he's yeah. just like, you can see it on his face. He doesn't, he thought that was funny. He thought he was doing mm-hmm. like something that was, I mean, you know, he's an idiot. But She gets it. She gets it. I have. <laughs> it start, he starts to cry because he's like so <laughs> in shock, yeah. I think. The, the the one scene for me just to to kind of wrap it up but the where we're seeing Michael's face deal with it in real time is after the whole Donna arc and everyone has been oh, yeah. and there's the episode where everyone's basically telling him like you got to stop sleeping with Donna you, yeah yeah you no know and he's yeah. he's like I'm the bad boy I don't care what people think of me. <laughs> he eats you know, the, he you'll eats learn, baby. Cake. <laughs> yeah, you'll learn, baby. Ah, uh, Phyllis. And, and, and even yeah. Ryan's like, I don't know how you you can't you know care about what people that think. That guy of doesn't me. give a f about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he's he's kind of spent the whole episode thumping his chest out and being like, I'm a new man. I don't care. I'm a bad boy. Right, and right. At the end, he's just driving to meet Donna, and he, he kind of like rubs his eyebrows. You just see his face, <laughs> like he just is really thinking about it. Yeah. And and it, his face slowly changes from. A horny guy going to a motel to yeah. like I can't do this it's, and he and he turns around and he calls her and it's over and like that's that's I, it. I swear there must be countless times where you watch you you get to watch him think it through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like uh, I had to choose between living with myself yeah. and being happy. Yeah. <laughs> I chose the former. <laughs> How do you tell somebody that you care about deeply? I told you so. 
gently with a rose <laughs> in a funny way like it's a hilarious joke or do you just let it go because saying it would just make things worse probably the funny one <laughs> i mean even when i mean the, i love that quote too because even when michael makes the wrong decision it's it's part of the joke we as the audience collectively get that you know he, he he's chosen the wrong thing mm-hmm. um so, uh, but yeah, it, it's that. That's great. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> oh, should we move on? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. What? Uh, we, yeah. Le- life lessons that wait, you wait, take wait. away from the. <coughs> Ooh, big cough. Li- Sorry, we're, we're going to life lessons. Life lessons that you have taken away from the office. And any? <clears throat> I'm so sorry. With the cough, do you want us to take? No, a- let's keep going. This, we're all leaving this in. <laughs> it's winter time, baby. People cough. Winter time. We got the cough going around. Oh, grow up. Sex contracts exist. <laughs> <laughs> the question is posed to me, or do you want to ask it? What are we, what, where are we at? What life lessons have you taken away from the office? I made a list. Yeah, go I'll, ahead. I'll, I'll kick this off because yeah. I didn't make a, I did make sort of a pros cons list of okay. like what are the good things the office could teach you, what are the bad things. Yeah, I just want to point out now, and you know, this is just three guys. We're roughly the same age. Like we, we. Ideally, for this episode, he says have, that because he's the oldest. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, we're, all, you know, we're all we're all in our twenties here, guys. Um, but uh, ideally, you know, for this, you'd want older people, younger people, men, women. You'd want all different types of people. So we're sorry, it's just us, but hopefully, you're still listening to the show. But I think, like the the sort of pros of this for me were that good things can happen if you're just patient. Hmm. Like things just take time. Things take a long time. And that's why this show has nine seasons of like Jim finally, you know, getting the courage to start this business idea he had or Angela and Dwight finally getting together or just Jim and whole Pam's relationship is just basically a lesson in like good things will come to those who wait. Yeah. Patient. Yeah. And that it's like it's it's okay to be comfortable in your own skin Hmm. and that uh, communication is always healthy and can almost always negate or solve conflict when you just communicate. Because the office is just a playground of people miscommunicating or not saying something, and then bad things happening yeah. and having to figure it out later. Yeah. And then, the, to me, the most important takeaway of the office is that like the the people you love are the most important thing in your life, and yeah. they will be there for you when you need them, even if you don't think they will be. And this happens time and again. I, this whole thing about the whole conversation about Dwight and Pam is. It happens time and again in the show. Yeah. Where people there to pick each other up. And this happens in sitcoms. Like when you have to wrap up every episode, usually near the end of an episode, there's a scene where the character learns X, you know? And right. like, it happens all the time. But that to me, that's like the office is, it's an ensemble show. And that's what it teaches you is that the ensemble of whoever is in your life is is going to be there for you and that people love you and that you love people. And that's, mm. that's the most important thing. Yes, definitely. That's really Family. good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Family. And I also wrote that uh, most. What's great is like the the sort of desires of all the characters are pretty limited, and it helps it sort of kind of keep it simple. Like most people aren't chasing money except Ryan. Most people aren't. No <laughs> one's chasing power except Dwight, and no one's chasing sex except Michael. <laughs> no one's yeah. chasing fame except Andy. <laughs> maybe no Michael. Fame yeah, fame. Andy yeah, Michael. there you go. But for the most part, everyone's fairly relatable. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I wrote down that like more often than not, it does seem like there's usually negative consequences for immoral behavior on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, maybe one exception is Prince Family Paper, <laughs> but, <laughs> but uh, Michael does feel very guilty. But about Dwight that would argue that is moral. Yeah. See. Yeah. See, he uses the Lord of the Rings analogy. <laughs> yeah. If Frodo had not destroyed the ring, yeah. then goodness itself would have died. <laughs> if Michael had not taken out Prince Family Paper. Maybe Dunder Mifflin. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> oh god. Um, I mean, I I don't know about uh, you guys, um, but in my career, uh, I I have been asked to do things that aren't exactly ethical. Like, uh, I mean, you know, it's, Sean's a hitman. Are it's you the, a cocktail waitress? <laughs> it's the, it, look, it, it's the film business. It it moves fast. We are in like you know real locations and stuff like that. Um, you oh, know, you some... work on cops, right? <laughs> <laughs> I I mean, it, it it's it's just one of these things where like it's a it's a really high stakes like uh, uh, deadlines and big egos and all this stuff, and like you do have to stop yourself sometimes and be like, I'm actually not cool with that. Like, I'm not actually not cool with asking them to do that for no money mm-hmm. or blah blah yeah. blah. You know, having an intern do something, <laughs> like, right? Um, 
or or whatever. So, um, you know, I I love that episode, uh, Prince Family Paper, where they really like, you know, what if like you just wanted to impress your boss mm-hmm. and they had you do this terrible mm-hmm. thing, destroy this <laughs> small family business. So I love p- moments like that where, um, you know, it kind of shows you like, yeah, it's it's. As Americans, we feel that you know, you know, you need to just do your job, but that's a that's a perfect example of when it wasn't the right thing to do. Probably, right. yeah. I think for me, the biggest one, uh, and this is something that I've really taken into my personal life, which is to uh, think more deeply and observe and observe more closely, like the world around you. Mm-hmm. I think the big lesson that I got from the office was that if you pay attention, there's so many. Um, little funny things that go on in the world around you. So um, just paying attention to the reactions of people in your day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. Um, I started watching The Office when I was in high school when it was on TV, and it just got me to pay more attention to things like that. And you yeah. find funny stories and funny moments and things to laugh about. Um, the world is such a funny place if you just think about, if you look at it through that <laughs> yeah. lens. Yeah, you know, that's you can, it. You can find ways to, you know, um, like in, in ways that will surprise you and that are very unexpected, you mm-hmm. know. Um, as the show itself, so, as the show itself says there's a lot of beauty in ordinary things so it's just to be able to appreciate the situation that you're in even though it may not seem like where you want to be at that time right i wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days when you were in them as andy (laughs) bernard says so just in general to carry that along with you in life that you can appreciate whatever situation you're in even if it feels like a stepping stone to the next place and that if you pay attention to the world around you you'll probably find things to make you laugh uh, and people that are um, that ha- maybe have more to offer than they seem. Mm, I think yeah, that's yeah. we 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 start with the office in the kind of the doldrums, the mundane state of life, and the state of ennui. And the show itself brightens up in terms of its color, the cinematography, um, the way that the characters interact. It becomes such mm-hmm. a louder show at the end, and it's because we it, it tracks with the development of all the characters and what we know about them. By the end, we know so much stuff about. Stanley and Phyllis, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> We're in the beginning. We know almost nothing about them, you know? Stanley's um, not very moral, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> in the Christmas episode in season two, Oscar is getting a secret Santa gift for Creed. And he says, I don't know much about Creed. I think he's Irish, so I got in this shamrock keychain. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's that, it's, it's that kind of thing that we know about the characters. So just as that evolves over the course of the show, we become so much more invested. And, and mm-hmm. the to circle back to it, the life lesson is that, you, that everyone has their own story to tell. You know, yeah. that you can that there's something to you know appreciate about everyone around you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. The From way they on we to yeah. on we <laughs> <laughs> And I mean we watch Michael wrongfully judge people <laughs> so often. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no. I mean right from the start of the show. You are a gentleman mm-hmm. and a scholar. Yeah. Oh I am sorry. Like that's I did, <laughs> did not know that. The whole show is just like is is yeah. just is just everyone's trying to find a connection to yeah. someone else. Like yeah. the whole show, every plot line Every all the big story arcs, even all the small ones, are just people just trying to have a connection with someone else, and, and then it happening, you know. Right, How limitless do- paper in a paperless world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, any other life lessons? We'll move on to the last part of of Pat's question. Uh, if you wear a sumo suit, you should always wear the, the safety, safety mittens. mittens. Yeah. Uh, if you rent a car and drive it into the lake, you should get the insurance beforehand. Uh, <laughs> Don't do a 30-year fixed uh, mortgage. Yeah. Yeah. If you're going to have a viewing party at your house and you're going to watch Glee, you got to record it in case Jim wants to check the scores of yeah. the game. And put a padlock on the, uh, <laughs> on the cable on the, box. Yeah. On the breaker yeah. box. Please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Please. I had a couple bad ones. Here's some bad oh, yeah. life lessons. Oh, yeah, sure. okay. uh, that recklessness is not destructive. It's just funny. Um, <laughs> abusing your power usually works. You probably won't get fired for doing X, Y, or Z. Yep. Teasing is usually deserved. <laughs> um, just keep harassing until you get what you want. Uh, Michael and Donna. Yeah, that's, uh, oh, yeah. Even Jim and Pam to an extent. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. And and then people just, uh, the idea of just don't say anything, just deal with it and get through it. Um, yeah. Like the harassment that Oscar takes over the first yeah. few seasons oh, yeah. is just yeah. criminal. Even at the end. Yeah. yeah and it's yeah. like, that's not a good. But it's like, well, the show is just like, yeah, just... Just get through it. Yeah. Just think fine. about when he's giving that video yeah. into his computer, mm-hmm. and Robert California takes over. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> God. Ugh. Ugh. And my, my last one, which goes in both a pro and a con, which is shoot your shot. <laughs> hey, you miss one hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott, Alex Ward. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, do you think watching The Office has made you a better person? Yes, but only slightly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yes, but only slightly. Yeah, I think, yeah, because it's it's created more community in yeah. my life. Yeah, I think in thinking back to our civilization, we have these texts, right, or pieces of art that kind of reflect cultural values, right? Yes. Yeah. And in the mm-hmm. talk, Mike Schur talks about how television is the quintessential American art form, at least of the 20th century, right? Mm-hmm. You think about an art form that we engage with six to eight hours a day, right? The content is reflecting our cultural values back at us a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, we see a lot of that in the office. We see that play out. We see things... Um, like characters being good or bad to each other, and we take lessons from that, you know. So that's that's how we kind of can distill those kind of lessons from that, and it, it's less explicit than in the show like The Good Place, which is telling you about that, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And in again, to go back to the talk, Mike sure talks about how there's a very like a limited amount of what's actually good out there, mm-hmm. and maybe there's mediocrity, like a lot of mediocre stuff, but you got to find what's what's good out there. And I think, in terms of did it make has it made me a better person, just a little bit based on uh, the little things yeah. that you take away from it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I wouldn't attribute it. All of my personality to watching The no. Office, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I even I don't really even think it's The Office. It's it's watching The Office has made me a better person. Mm. And what I mean by that is like the community that that even just with you guys doing the show is mean, created, yeah, or that people listening to the show have felt, and like hearing back from people that they yeah. like the show, like and watching it with my friends in college every week. That was a huge thing for me, like mm-hmm. having a friend group I could count on. And even since then, like just the just like the other night. You know, my brother and I both feeling kind of sick and just watching The Office for four hours together. Mm-hmm. Like that, that to me uh, is The Office has taught me to really value those people and those those kind mm. of groups in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, th- I think that uh, what I wrote was I think a person can learn right from wrong by watching Michael Scott, even when he does the wrong thing. Um, you need someone to just chaotically do wrong things. Right. To go <laughs> yeah, like, this is how you don't do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, anytime he does the wrong thing, like you, uh, even if even if you really didn't under like if you lacked empathy and didn't yeah. understand that he was doing the wrong thing, you would understand the the way that the jokes are constructed, and you would know that oh that there's a joke there. Yeah, he must not be doing the right thing. Yeah. One note that I had about Pam that I forgot to mention. I'm so glad you brought this back. Yeah. Was there there are a number of times in the show where Pam says, "Oh, Michael," right? <laughs> And uh, it's a yeah. way that the show calls out Michael being immoral, yeah. right? And in the lecture circuit episode, there are two that I wrote down. Number one, where uh, she, Michael comes into the diner and he says, um, "Do you want some pie?" I, I looked. I took a letter from Holly's computer. <laughs> He's like, "I cut the sleeve off her yeah, jacket." I cut the sleeve. And, off. and Pam goes, "Oh, Michael." And then yeah. at the end. When Michael's feeling really good, he's like, who else should we apologize to? We should go find Roy. Yeah. <laughs> and he says, I should find that fat guy from uh, Stanford. Yeah, and then no. he does his, uh, and she says, Tony. And he says, uh, yeah, and he goes through his whole memory trick to remember his name. Tony. Right, yeah. fat guy's like pizza, pepperoni, Tony. And she says, oh, Michael. Same thing. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's the show calling itself out. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I think, I think watching Michael Scott learn or watching him do the wrong thing and everybody chastising him for it um yeah i think that uh i think those little parables have stuck their way it's you know got stuck in my brain um but yeah after michael scott leaves season eight and nine those make you a worse person watching those. <laughs> <laughs> that's my hot take <laughs> well that, um, that's a lot yeah no yeah, it was really pretty good, good. Yeah. um thanks thank you pat that was a great question we've been sitting on that one for a while i'm sure we'll come back to it uh, often yeah, and I'm sure we'll get a lot of messages from people. Yeah, that's we the, always get. You guys always fill in the gaps. That's the other thing. Miss. Please, this is a great one for people to weigh in on. We'd love to uh, to uh, revisit it. So um, give us your your takes. Who's your yeah. mo- uh, most morally upright character on the Office, or the or the least? It's a good journal. Like lessons that you've learned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a it's a great uh, just like writing exercise for Office fans. Just like write like just. Answer the question. It's Does a, the office make you a better person? It's see, an see, interesting see come up with. way to think about the and show. Also, it's okay if it's no, because it is a TV show. Like, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Fine if you don't have... It's fine. <laughs> anyway. More questions? Please leave a message for Andy Bernard. Okay, well, we have a few questions from our listeners. You guys have been sending us in so many questions, so thank you so much. We are going to do more mailbag segments or mailbag episodes so if you sent us something Mm -hmm. we're really we're collecting uh them all and we want to get to everything so thank you very much i think going forward i mean we're gonna have to do i think we'll be having just a mailbag in every show going forward because we have so many questions so again if you're out there and you keep sending stuff like we're cataloging it we'll get to it um we just need to mix and match for the shows we're doing but yeah anyway let's kick it off here first up voicemail from robert in oklahoma the first would you rather is 
Would you rather know what's in the teapot letter or would you rather know what is the voicemail that Robert California left Nelly that Pam deleted? <laughs> That's a great one. There's Thank you, Robert. Good, the, the teapot letter is always a good, like, would you I rather know. read that or something else? I would I, rather the teapot letter in most situations. Yeah. <laughs> but in this situation, I would much rather hear Robert California. Really? I would now. rather not hear that voicemail under, <laughs> under most circumstances. I'd like to hear the voicemail. I, I, I'd like to know. I'd like to know... I want to meet the Lizard I King. Still, I'm not that curious about... <laughs> I've mentioned this before. I'm not as curious about the teapot letter. I feel like I... I get it. I don't know if there's any surprises in there, but I'm sure there's some <laughs> shocking things yeah. in the Robert California voicemail. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, well, the man talks of nothing but sex. <laughs> not yeah. true. Sometimes he also talks about flesh. Next up. Uh, this is from Dan2.0 on Twitter. Shout out to Dan. Hitting us with all sorts of stuff on Twitter. He actually asked us, we, we might want to do a whole episode on this point, but okay. he challenged us to come up with a whole office episode plot. Like, right around. Oh, okay. oh, wow. Like, what, like he's, he said, if, if we were in charge of an episode, what would we do? So, Thanksgiving. Uh, let's <laughs> think about that for later. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, man. I know. Whoa. I know, I know. But uh, not to take you down the wrong path. But anyway, he says, um, he just listened to the Jim and Dwight podcast and how their friendship blossomed got me thinking. How long was the team all there and what were they like before? the documentary ever started was Jim and newbie oh, was yeah, Creed right. the man which i think is funny cuz <laughs> i think yeah mid er, early 90s creed yeah would have been the coolest the coolest yeah i my think, my, my only thing about he was yeah. like ed truck's drug dealer or something and that's the only way yeah. he got the job i mean I he was that, high as a kite when yeah. he was flying down the highway so <laughs> that's right it's probably creed's drugs <laughs> quality assurance <laughs> from creed bratton yeah supplying <laughs> I think the show alludes to the fact that Jim has been in the job for two or three years, like very yeah, early. I think, three. I think in like the pilot episode. Yeah, yeah. and yeah. then Michael also says Pam's been with us forever, or something like mm-hmm. that, or at least a couple of years, or something like that. You should have seen her a couple of years ago, right? So, yeah. like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! <laughs> um, but uh, uh, I would imagine it's been for a while. It's for the last couple of years, at least, it's been very similar, similar. to how we see it yeah. in season one. Everyone's very quiet, mm-hmm. um, and uh, Michael's very loud. I would like to see the uh, the <laughs> version of The Office. There's that picture of Ed Druck shaking Michael's hand, yeah. oh, where Michael the has hair. the long oh hair. I love and it's that. Be- it's become a meme. It's such a great meme. Yeah. <laughs> great <laughs> it's picture. Like, it's like, yeah, I, I can't even think of one off the top of my head, but like, there's so many great ones. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I, I like to think that when uh, Jim first showed up, like how grotesquely Meredith was hitting on Jim, probably. Oh, and, like, and I like to think that when the time the show starts, it's kind of subsided. She just sort of st- has given up and stopped yeah. doing it. Yeah, because she still does every now and then in the show. <laughs> but imagine, like when he first came, I bet she was just a monster. <laughs> it is interesting to think that we we know all these characters for the same amount of time in that season one to season nine, right? So we see similar amounts of development from most of them, right? Yeah, obviously yeah. characters like Andy and Aaron come in later. But the truth is that some of these characters have been working together for longer than that, like Stanley right. and yeah. Phyllis. Or so Dwight why did they or, used to be? Yeah, there exactly. was probably development before we even mm-hmm. met them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's hard to imagine what that version of The Office was like. We have to also have to remember that Todd Packer was in The Office for a long time. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. And we wrote his right. name under the desk. And yeah. Todd Packer and Michael, just like their adventures. <laughs> <laughs> now there's... <laughs> Now, there's not a reboot, but a prequel show where you cast everyone as much younger versions of themselves. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, (laughs) thank you, Dan. Thanks, Um, Dan. All right, let's go to voicemail from Brittany here in Portland. Hey, guys. My name is Brittany, and I am calling from next door to you. I don't know where you live. That was creepy. Um, From Portland. And um, I just got done listening to the episode on the Dundies and Michael's Last Dundies. And uh, you may touch on this. I was a little surprised that you guys didn't bring up the tidbit that um, the song from Rent that um, that the author sings to Michael uh, at the end of Michael's Last Sundays, that was actually a surprise to Steve Carell from the cast. Um, he didn't know that they were going to be singing that song, and so his reaction in that scene is a genuine Steve Carell reaction. Uh, which I remember when I heard that, like watching it every time since then, it just like gives you chills and just makes it that much cooler. So um, anyways, I just wanted to share the old tidbit if you guys didn't know that. Um, thanks for the show, and yeah, have a good one. 
<laughs> Thanks, Brittany. I didn't know that. I knew that. I had oh, heard you knew that, that. Yeah, before. I had heard that, but only recently. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I, it yeah. was. I feel like I must have seen it in some buzz, like yeah. you know, twelve things mm-hmm. you didn't know. I didn't, right, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. He, when he's like, he says something like, "Something's some happening." happening. Yeah. yeah, that's the, a genuine uh, Steve, Steve Carell, Carell reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because Steve Carell is is uh, we we see him a little bit. He's not the most. His off-camera persona is not very dominating. His persona, yeah, yeah, you know what right. I mean. So, and but when you listen to Office Ladies or other people, they talk about how great Steve is. You know, yeah, yeah. And so, like that, his actual reaction aligns with what Michael Scott's what, reaction yeah. could be. Yeah. is a pretty great uh, coincidence, and it works really well within the context of the show. That's right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's such a great little little factoid. I, I put that in there to see if it would soften your heart about that moment. <laughs> it, it does. I mean, I I like that. It's very sweet. It, I, yeah. I, I, that's a, I yeah. Even I like that yeah. moment. <laughs> you know, that's corniness. Even I also uh, even I yeah. And she, I, and then she sent us a little yeah. a story. Also, shout out to Brittany's uh, child uh, named <laughs> let's see a uh, daughter named Cordelia. So it says they were looking at toys one day in the store. Uh, daughter was looking at toys. Brittany was looking at house stuff. Daughter comes up to Brittany says, "Come here, I want to show you something I want." She says, no, I'm all the way over here. I don't want to walk to the toy. She says, okay. A couple minutes later, hey, let me show you something that says Dunder Mifflin on it. I finish what I'm doing and say, okay. And I follow her back to the merchandise, which was just the toys with no office. <laughs> so her daughter <laughs> figured brilliant. out what was important to Brittany. That's so funny. Which is Dunder and Mifflin. She didn't French even think twice about it. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, let's show it to me. Just incredible stuff. <laughs> incredible. I love it. I love it. That's awesome. All right. Uh, um, about, one more from, uh, how about a- Another a, Would You Rather? Yeah, Would You Rather from uh, Vaughn from Michigan. Hi, this is Bon from East Lansing. Would you rather be roommates with pre-anger management Andy or Michael Klump? <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, he yeah, I guess he's always come I home like am that. Beautiful. <laughs> uh, Michael Klump, I think, would be. He'd be uh, knocking everything over. He'd be and he'd be constantly talking like that. But I think. <laughs> Andy, a pre-anger management Andy, that's a little scary. He would be a lot to handle. As a roommate, be, yeah. he would be following you like he followed Michael. All right, yeah. roommate, what are we doing this weekend? Yeah, oh, my God. Sorry I annoyed you with my friendship. Hey, Cornell. Hey, God. Yo. <laughs> Cornell yeah. Hofstra Slaughter. Yeah. Slaughter. Yeah. <laughs> get my beer yeah. on, get my loust on. Yeah, even even without him having a, having a tantrum, uh, he'd be he'd be intolerable. So, uh, mm-hmm. no. It's gonna be. Although Mike, you could, it's gonna be a Michael Klump for me. I would go with Michael Klump as well. All we know about Michael Klump is he is in. He promotes positive body imagery. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Well, other than that, like, yeah, he seems okay. He's got a great bang, boom. He's got a great goatee. <laughs> bang boom. Yeah, that's like he, he punctuates his sentences with that. Bang boom. Yes. yes. Tailored suits. Yeah. Do we ever wonder? No one ever asked Michael where he got that suit to fit yeah. over the suit. I don't know. That's the that's we one bring of that the up every odd, time yeah. Off. That's one of the things about the show is like he got a. Uh, that tailored, suit tailored, suit. yeah, <laughs> to 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 fit a slightly deflated right. sumo suit, yeah, which it, yeah, <sighs> more expensive, got to be more expensive mm-hmm. than more expensive <laughs> than the women's suits he pulls out of the bins. <laughs> <laughs> it's mysterious, and it is mysterious because the buttons are on the wrong side. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it has no pockets. <laughs> it's Italian, it's European cut, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we're short on time here. We have more, but we'll 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 put them into a later mailbag. Yes. Uh, so again, mm-hmm. if you if, if you're sending in questions we haven't answered, don't yeah. Worry. Thank you it's again coming. for sending it's stuff coming. in. It's so yeah. it's so great to right. get. Yeah. Uh, yeah to get and, all of that. Oh, and I'll just say right now too. I mean, we're gonna do uh, you know a Christmas episode, holiday episodes, and stuff like that. So you can start sending us questions specifically mm-hmm. about that too. We'll most likely discuss it that way. Beautiful. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. You want to do some trivia? Let's do some trivia. Let's just do our thing, collect our hardware, and get the hell home. Okay, for this trivia, this is just general trivia where I'm, you know, I keep a notebook by the TV and I just, as I watch The Office, yeah. jot down notes. So nice. we're all over the seasons, all over the episodes. Love wow. it. Just some custom. Well, you know, you get a week off. Sure. You got to bring something to the table mm-hmm. here. Yeah, baby. So, Sean, you already took one of my answers, uh, which was you are at your job title. You've already identified That's that amazing. the playhouse <laughs> in which Andy's play is the Loose Screw Playhouse. Yes. Wow. What is the director's name? Oh, Shelby uh, Thomas Weaves. Uh, yes! Just, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> that was a quick I was draw. just obvious. I mean, I was just watching that one right before uh, coming here. So I was like, I caught that. They show the front of the playhouse really quick. 
and it's the Loose Screw Playhouse. Uh-huh. But Shelby Thomas Weems. I love that name. It's what a so great name. Funny. So like, funny. I've, I've thought it before. A, that's yeah. almost a Parks and Rec level yeah. name. Yeah. Parks and Rec, very good with the no, names. No hyphens in there. I was looking for it. It's just Shelby, Shelby Thomas, Thomas Weems. Weems. <laughs> we and are he, going to find so, a role for Michael yeah, Scott. So nice to Michael. Yeah. 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 If you come back with the same passion. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, this guy. Um, okay. This is a two-parter. Uh, we all know that Broccoli Rob sings the state milk lobby's song. What is the yes. name of that song he does with Trey Anastasio? I, I don't know. Kelsey Yum. Kelsey Yum. Oh. And what is Broccoli Rob's last name? Oh, jeez. Shut up, Broccoli. <laughs> I don't know. I it don't is know. Broccoli Rob Blatt. Uh, uh, which oh, in the out article. Of, yeah. Out of Cornell Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Dwight, uh, when Jim and Dwight mm-hmm. um, uh, call Michael to help do, uh, pull in the sale when they see Danny Cordray, where are they? What is the company? Oh, Jim and Dwight call Michael to wait, come close the deal. Aren't they at, uh, they're at Osprey? No, that's where Danny works. No. Dang. Yeah, the penis museum. (laughs) (laughs) They're at they are at Frame Select. Where tickets cost a thousand dollars. Frame Select. In that same episode, Dwight sets up a fake company. Of course, we get uh, Meredith Van Helsing. What is the name of the fake company that Dwight turns his office into? Oh, Pennsylvania Solar Tech. Yes. Oh my god. See in your eyes. Wow. Before I asked it. Okay, Jeez. Marie the Concierge. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a geisha of Canada, if you will. <laughs> yeah. Uh, gives them. Well, she she Ooh, recommends oh three places. Okay, oh. the laundry, the, the dry cleaners, Astro cleaners, Astro, Astro cleaners <laughs> on fourth St. James Place. Oh, St. James, and then recommends two places. Ooh, at Mets- the top, Matsuki. That's good. Yes, Matsuki, the sushi uh, place dude. with a view, and then where they end up meeting her later in the financial district is called I don't know the Huntsman mm-hmm. the Huntsman, huntsman. oh that ah, should have got that huntsman? I was going to say like yeah. the something lodge she says it, the way she says oh, it oh the Huntsman that's good Huntsman yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I remember watching that last time I watched it I was like that would be a good trivia question <laughs> a concierge is trained in the you art of fanciness and pleasure how you say <laughs> ravishing <laughs> I, I do love that shot of their conversation when he's like alright Christmas Eve. You need to get some dry clean. And she, and like, amazing. Amazing. Uh, I love it. He's so impressed. So impressed. Um, what is, what does Jim make his last name in Second Life? Sam Tanko. Yes, Jim what? Sam Tanko. Yeah. What? Philly, Philly Jim. Writer. Got the guitar yeah. on his back. Uh-huh. Yeah. How much time did you spend on this? <laughs> nah. I'm going to show me how this works. <laughs> no, I want to learn more about Philly Jim. <laughs> Uh, Michael initially thinks Tallahassee is in what state? Uh, he thinks uh, Texas. Yes, that is nice. correct. Nice. In Texas. Um, when they first start their band, Andy, Daryl, and Kevin sing a song about the love life of what animal? Frog. That's correct. Yeah. A bullfrog. Croak, croak, croak. Bullfroggy in I love. I find you absolutely I, riveting. riveting. <laughs> yes. Where did Pam go to high school? Not Bishop O'Hara. Mm-mm. <laughs> this, is, this was a trivia question before. Mm-hmm. Oh, shoot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, it's something uh, very simple. Not Pig Slob Who Cares. Uh. <laughs> I don't know. What is it? It's yeah. Valley View High Valley School. View. That's where the oh, job dang. fair is held. Yep. That's right. right. Just a, I just wrote this down because the same scene as that question. Uh, just shout out to the Frank Regan funeral home when it pans over to that guy. <laughs> that guy is perfect casting. And Michael goes, too much formaldehyde. <laughs> that guy yeah. is the most Very incredible great. casting job the office <laughs> ever did. Perfect. Frank Regan That's funeral home. That's the joke, home. just looking at <laughs> he's him. So, he's so crypt-like. Too much formaldehyde. Too much. Frank Regan funeral home, too much formaldehyde. The Air Force, they start rushing the stage. Air yeah. Force is cool. Air Force is cool. Uh, <laughs> All right. We all know the famous uh, scene where Michael says, if I had a gun with two bullets and I was in a room with Hitler, Bin Laden, and Toby, I'd shoot Toby twice. Yeah. Uh, Once he's called out for that being too inappropriate, how does he adjust it? What does he actually say he'll do? Curve the bullet. Like my favorite James (laughs) McAvoy movie, Wanted. That's Creed's advice. I know. Dwight Uh, says, shoot him all through the throat. But Michael's like, when they're like, you went too far. And he's like, okay, okay. Dang, I don't know. I don't know what is uh, it. He says he'll just he'll kill Bin Laden and then Toby. Oh. <laughs> so he leaves Hitler alive. <laughs> oh, 
Um, okay, during the during the when the, during the Donna breakup, or when the office expects that Michael's going to be coming back mm-hmm. dejected after breaking up with Donna, Pam has two movies scheduled to cheer him up. What are those two movies? One in the conference room and one in the office. And folks, we need bodies in there. <laughs> Weekend at Bernie's. No. Ah, dang. Shoot, I don't know. Animal I mean, House. Uh-uh. Uh uh. It's comedy like that. Yeah. Uh, it's d- airplane. I don't know. Uh, Mr. Bean in the conference room. <laughs> oh god. And Pink Panther in his office. Oh, okay. Wow. Scheduled okay. with hatch out half hour watching shifts. Oh, god. The only person in the conference room is Kevin. Kevin. Yeah. Yes. He's enjoying himself. <laughs> yeah. I love that scene because the whole office is just clicking. Oh, and everyone's yeah, yeah. on the same page. Like. It's Let's so all good. avoid this. And, and then he doesn't need the it. The scene when Toby, Toby goes, hey, everyone. And Pam just goes, get out. Go, get out, go, go, go. Toby. It's so funny. She <laughs> 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 immediately shoot away. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Jim, Andy, and Kevin go golfing with a potential client. What yep. is that client's uh, name? No clue. He's a Dartmouth boy. I know. He's a my grandma. My grandpa would be spinning in his urn <laughs> if he knew I was a guy with a Dartmouth man. Andy Bernard, Cornell ninety six. Uh, Cornell ninety five. Ninety five. Ninety five. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Okay. What? Uh, I don't know. What is it? Uh, I Phil s- McGuire. Phil McGuire. Mr. McGuire. Mm-hmm. I told Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Last question from that okay. same scene. Okay. This is the hard one. This is the, uh, you know, you get the sheet at your nightly trivia and you got to answer the questions over the course of the mm-hmm. night. Kevin asks what kind of golf betting games they're playing. He gives seven, seven. possible variations. Can Shoot. you name four? One is Wolf. One is Wolf, yes. Lucy Goosey? No. Lucy Doocy. Something like that? AC Doocy. AC Doocy. We'll give you that Ducey. one. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Those are the two know. that I have. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. It's Skins, mm-hmm. AC Doocy, Bingo Bango Bongo, uh-huh. Sandy's, Barky's, Arnie's, Wolf. Anyway, those are the seven. I knew Wolf. That was yeah. the one that I knew. <laughs> yeah, Skins, AC Doocy. I know Skins was one. I've it's like never the time that Creed is like uh, pestering Meredith about what kind of medication she's on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. Or like when uh, Kelly is questioning Donna about where she got her earrings. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. Steve. Where Claire's <laughs> earrings, earrings, earrings? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, that's well, it. Thank you. That was a great. That trivia. was a good one. I liked. I like how random that was. Yeah. I'm gonna try and do more. It of sounds that, like yeah. you and I are kind of in the same spot right now. Re rewatching. This is like I uh, just did the back half of season six. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah, yeah totally. Mm-hmm. Um, well, thank you guys so much for listening. Please call in if you have any questions for us. That number is five zero three six nine four nine three one four. We love to play them on the show, or you can email us ms podcast company at gmail.com and uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram Michael Scott Podcast Company we're on Twitter at Michael Scott Pod mm-hmm. send and, us questions through there if you want to yeah anywhere there's a website where you can find all those ways of getting a hold of us michaelscottpod.com snail mail just general delivery to Portland, Oregon <laughs> just, it'll get to, to us to the Michael Scott Podcast Company <laughs> Portland, Oregon care of open signal baby <laughs> speaking of special thanks to Ryan Lloyd who runs our social media and designs all our artwork and open signal a community center media center in Portland where we record our show in uh, a cold Airstream air trailer, cold Airstream trailer. They got we got a little space heater over here. It's 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 working. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Join us next week. Pippity poppy, give me the salad. Yes, sir. Let's get ethical, ethical. I wanna get ethical. Let's get into ethics. Yeah, let me hear you, Dunder Mifflin talk. Your body talk. Let me hear your body talk. All right. Why are you helping her? You're not even dating. She's my friend. And ultimately, my strategy is to sort of merge this into a relationship without her even knowing. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device, or play on PC through Facebook games.